Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Well, welcome, and today we have a lady from Hamilton, Steeltown, and uh, she it went to uh, McMaster University, where I went to school, and got my MBA, so I know a little bit about the community. So, welcome, Liana. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Okay, so let's find out a little more about you. And first of all, talk about where you went to school after high school. Right, so I'm currently a biomedical and mechanical engineering student at McMaster University. I just finished my fourth year and I have one more year to go, so it's a five-year program. Okay. Are you going to take your master's after that? I was actually thinking of doing my MBA, so I might actually want to chat about with you uh, about your experience doing your MBA at McMaster, but that's that's one of my goals. I'm not sure if I'm going to pursue that right after my undergrad, but that's definitely one of my goals. Okay. So let's talk about part-time work that you have done along the way to where you are now. Yeah, so I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Imaginable Solutions. So we create assistive devices. No, 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 hold on. What about before that? (laughs) Oh, before that? Well, before that, I guess a couple, I guess my first job actually was uh, selling newspapers at the Hamilton Farmer's Market. Um, I did that when I was 13 years old. And then when I was 16, I became a lifeguard in Hamilton. Uh, and then I jumped right into a business uh, when I was 19. Wow. So you have a lot of knowledge about science and you're learning business. Is that fair to say? Yeah, learning learning science and math and physics at McMaster, and then, then I'm learning business uh, by applying it to what I'm doing today. Excellent. Okay, so let's talk about your current business. What's the name and where did it come from? Right, so the name's Imaginable Solutions, and it originally started off as a school project of mine in my first year at McMaster when I created our our product, Guided Hands, and Guided Hands is an assistive device that enables people with limited hand function to write, paint, draw, and use a touchscreen device. So the company uh, was a result of my school project and uh, seeing the need uh, within the Hamilton community. Okay, so you have one product right now. Are you looking at additional product? So right now, our focus, especially for the summer, is to get the product out there into the market. So we have uh, healthcare pilots across North America right now, and we're going to sell it this summer. However, we we do have uh, an engineering team of 15 students at McMaster who are looking at innovating and designing the next iteration of our product. But after our product got at hands, we do want to create other assistive and medical devices in the space. So who's your target market and how do you reach them? So 
Guided hands is designed for people with limited hand function. So people recovering from medical, uh, recovering from injuries or medical conditions like ALS, cerebral palsy, um, spinal cord injuries, strokes, Huntington's disease, arthritis, anyone who has difficulty grasping objects, who has limited fine motor skills, uh, weakness in the hand and arm, um, who want to get back into activities like painting, writing, drawing, uh, using technology. Um, and we access these individuals uh, through nursing homes, retirement homes, hospital clinics, rehab centers, and uh, a lot of word of mouth as well. Okay. So talk about partnerships and the importance of partnerships to what you're doing. Yeah, so the I believe that the hardest part of what I'm doing is creating awareness for the product. So partnerships with... Um, Cred, uh, credible hospitals uh, within the medical community, um, credible mentors and advisors in the community are incredibly important, especially as we launch an assistive or a medical device into the market. It's very important to have that credibility uh, behind us. So hospitals, rehab clinics, all of those places are very important to us. So talk to me about your team. So right now I'm the sole founder of our company. I have a project manager uh, and a design lead. And I also mentioned that I have 15 volunteer engineering students and my team is all comprised of McMaster's students. So we have a little army in Hamilton. Um, and I also have a team of uh, advisors uh, as well in multiple fields. And the majority of them uh, I met in Hamilton as well. So having advisors really important to what you're doing. Absolutely. I, I came from just an engineering background and I didn't have a business background when I started my company. So it was really important that I learned from these advisors. Um, and I had an advisor in different areas in business so that I could learn from each of those areas to really be well-rounded. So here's a tough question on visioning. Where do you want to be three years from now? Do you want to build the business to sell it or do you want to continue with it or do you want to do a social franchise there's a lot of options there for you yeah so i do i do want to put our product into the market and sell it and sell our next iteration as well within the next three years um, however i also mentioned that i do want to create more products uh, like it helping the same population because I've noticed that it's such a need within our community. Um, yeah, so my teams were, were constantly asking um, our customers and individuals in our community what other problems they experience so that we can innovate towards that. But do you want to license your product or do you want to sell the business to a big firm and then get $10 million and go to Hawaii and live on the beach? <laughs> Yeah, the, so there's definitely many options for us. I know for sure an exit strategy is um, selling our IP and uh, in selling the company. Um, however, I know, you know, I'm personally really young right now and I, I personally want to continue to grow the company. Um, and if the right investor comes or the right person comes, maybe selling the company does make sense. Um, but I know that personally, I'd love to keep on going and creating more products and maybe even create a new business uh, after after my first venture. So Leanna, you mentioned intellectual property. Do you have any intellectual property for your first product? Yeah, so because Guided Hands is very unique, um, we were able to file for our Canadian and US patents. Wow. 
So you could license. Yeah, so we can definitely license the product if we wish. Yeah. And then you could go international very easily. Absolutely. That's the goal. Okay. So funding, where do you get the money to do all this? Yeah, so when I started my company, I didn't have any money and then not a lot of people knew about guided hands. So I Googled every single competition I, uh, competition, and I entered into it and I was really successful. Um, I learned how important it was to know your story and being able to tell it. Uh, and I just participated in all these startup competitions and I was able to gain media attention locally, nationally, and globally. Um, I actually met Peter, fun fact for the audience, through one of these competitions, he was the judge. Um, so that just goes to show the incredible opportunities from these competitions to help create awareness for the product. So I was able to get a newspaper feature a couple months ago, um, lots of articles on Google when you search up guided hands. So that's another way of creating awareness for the product as well as raising some funding. So when are you going to open another office in, say, Vancouver or London, England or New York? That that sounds like the dream. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's funny. We actually just launched a healthcare pilot out in Vancouver. Um, that would be amazing to have an office out there. Um, but right now, we, we are still in the early stages. But, you know, maybe I'd surprise myself in another three years and, and have a head office out there. But that, that definitely sounds like the dream. <laughs> So why Hamilton, say, versus Toronto? So I'm, I'm born and raised in Hamilton. Um, I've, I've gone to school, elementary school here. I've grown up in Hamilton. I've worked in Hamilton. Um, so a piece of me needs to, needs to give back to my community and serve others. Um, there's so many people who can benefit from our product in Hamilton. So, you know, we want to start at home and then expand. Um, and a lot of the opportunities and, and mentors uh, that I that I've come into contact with and collaborated with are from Hamilton. Uh, so it, it makes everything just makes sense to start in Hamilton and then expand from here. Okay, so let's talk about prototyping and how difficult that is. <laughs> Yeah, so the first prototype of Guided Hands was actually created uh, for my school project at McMaster. I was, uh, we were introduced to a woman with cerebral palsy and she had really severe limited hand functions. So she wasn't able to paint or hold or do the buttons on her shirt or use cutting utensils because she had uh, this problem in her hand. So I actually created the first prototype uh, to give her back her passion, which is painting. So, you know, the first prototype Type was made out of pipe cleaners, straws, and a sponge. Then I, you know, the next one, I went to Home Depot, bought bought some yarn, bought a paint roller for the for the wrist rest. And, you know, prototyping is an iterative process, and there's always room for improvements. Um, right now, we do have a finalized version of the product, but when I see it, you know, with my engineering eye, I can already see uh, many many improvements that I would like to make. Um, so prototyping just never ends. Um, but it's a, it's a great process and the engineering design process is just so valuable to any student or innovator. Okay, how about manufacturing? Big manufacturing. challenge. Yeah, manufacturing is just another completely different world, um, especially when you're scaling. Um, you know, 
when you're manufacturing uh, at scale, you have to take in consideration, um, you know, the the design that you're creating and if it can be scaled and if, um, you know, if you're the materials that you're using, if they're in stock or if they take months to come in. So it's very important uh, to figure out uh, all of that. And it's also really important to have a great manufacturer on your team. Uh, so McMaster is our manufacturer for guided hands. Um, so that's definitely helped us in the, in the process as we, as we iterate and prototype. So I work with a large pharmaceutical company and we used 3D printing of assistive medical devices for people with MS. Have you considered 3D printing? Yeah, so it's funny. One of the, um, so Guided Hands is actually primarily 3D printed. All of our pieces are 3D printed except, um, so for context, um, it's a mechanical assistive device. So it uses a system of linear ball bearings and shafts and all the other pieces are 3D printed. So um, I actually have a 3D, uh, couple 3D printers in my basement uh, for prototyping purposes. But yeah, 3D printing is certainly something that, um, that we use on the daily. Well, it could be used to bring down the price. I guess the only problem, unless you buy a very large 3D printer, it can be very slow and take many, many hours. Yeah, yeah. So so I know that um, I've had advisors and mentors say to me that um, in order to um, make the 3D printing process a little faster is either buying more 3D printers, purchasing a more expensive one, or going towards injection molding. Um, which is which has definitely been the advice I've been getting uh, when scaling. So so it's it's really cool um, and it's really advantageous um, the that three D printing offers um, to allow you to rapid prototype and proto and uh, you know try out your device and products. However, in the in the long run, it is cheaper to to move away from three D printing and go to something like injection molding. Have you looked at a co-packer or manufacturing overseas? Um, we haven't looked too, too much. Um, we do want to stay within Canada. Right now, Got It Hands is uh, made in Canada, and we're really proud of that. Um, however, we know that we need to scale, but we're going to start by looking at injection molding in Canada and U.S. Um, but, but we have talked to a few people overseas, but that really hasn't been our focus and sets. Um, we would like to try to get our, our product to be made in Canada. And that's where a co-packer can, uh, can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And the, the other element is, you know, licensing could make it so much easier. Yeah, for but sure. As a family member has a lab of five people in uh, New Jersey at Rutgers University, and all he does is design, get the IP done, and license. And uh, so he's got a license fee of 300000 Wow. Just to, uh, just to sign the licensing agreement. And then he gets a percentage of royalty on top of that. Mm -hmm. so, so with all you're doing, have you thought of doing speeches, being a speaker, or writing a book? Um, so 
I guess on the during the times that I have off and I'm not, um, you know, attending meetings or or working on my business, I do. I am a speaker for young women in STEM and in female entrepreneurs, um, and I'm also a teaching assistant at McMaster's. So I I love just sharing what I've gone through, you know, the challenges, the successes um, to younger individuals and in people even older than me going through the same process. You mean um, younger I, people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just love sharing my story and, and telling them what lessons I've learned and um, maybe maybe a book for for the future. I'm not sure that would be that would be amazing. I, I actually was um, a writer when I was younger, I actually was published and uh, I published a poem and a short story when I was younger. But maybe maybe something else in the future a little bit more. Um, well, here's a website I want you to look at. It's okay. called Girls Write. W-R-I-T-E. It's an organization in the U.S. that connects girls that write. And one of their alumni was a lady who did a poem for Joe Biden when oh, he, wow. and at his inauguration. Wow. And she's uh, she's from that group, which is pretty cool. Interesting. I'll take a look at that. Yeah. So with all this going on, how many hours a day do you work? <laughs> oh man. Um I start I start my days at nine and um, I usually finish at five today. Today, I do not finish at five. I finish later. Um, but usually around five, I eat dinner, take my dog for a walk, and then I continue to power through during the night. Um, so I would say probably about 12 to 15 hours a day. Um, but I do give myself that mental break uh, during weekends for for family and friends. But uh, but it really depends on what's going on on in the day and the meetings that I have and uh, what pressing things I need to attend to. You know, what would really help is if you had a YouTube channel where you could share many of the things that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I would, I think that could be really helpful. So when you talked about advisors, do you have a board of directors? So we do not have a formal board of directors. Um, we just have board advisors right now, and uh, we're still we're still creating relationships with them, and they're still helping us throughout our journey. And then when the time is right, um, we will figure out, um, you know, who, who, who we would like to have on our board of directors. So are you incorporated? Uh, yes. Okay. National or Ontario? Uh, national. Okay. So I just want to spend a few more minutes and go back to three years from now and the options that you could consider. What are they? Oh, well, um, definitely. I guess if we're just talking all across the board, one is I definitely want to see if I can get my, pursue my MBA. Um, that's always been a goal of mine. Um, so maybe in three years, that's the right time. Um, I think in three years, I'd like to work on working on our next product. Um, figuring out another problem or identifying a problem and finding a new and innovative solution to it that we can patent. Um, 
and with the company seeing if um you know how sales are going and if if uh just like you mentioned if it makes sense to license our ip or to or to sell and or sell the company in the ip and, and move on to the next venture so there's a lot of a lot of decisions out there to make but i'm just glad that the door is open for all of them so as an incorporated company are you the sole shareholder uh yes so you could always sell shares to bring in some money. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've definitely taken a look at um, the cost for injection molding and scaling. So uh, this summer, we will be looking uh, for investment opportunities for our company. Okay. So rather than keeping you much longer, how do people find your website? What's the address? Yeah, so you can find us at www.imaginablesolutions.ca. Uh, and you can also email us at info at imaginablesolutions.ca. Uh, if you just Google guided hands, uh, then you should, you should probably see us as well. Great. Well, thank you for your time this afternoon. And make sure you get your dinner <laughs> and get a little, uh, get outside and enjoy some of the weather. Absolutely. So, thank you for your time. Thank you.